They called it rock. They called it metal. I call it art. Join me, Mark Anthony Ross, rock writer, as I walk into the metal future. Hey folks, and welcome back to Metal Future, your show about anything metal happening, past, present, and future. I'm very happy to have a very special guest, also a fellow writer, which is always a wonderful thing, uh, James Curl. He wrote a biography of, of um, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, James, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's always exciting to have uh, somebody with some real direct knowledge, and it's always great to, to speak to someone who's writing about rock. I don't get a chance to meet as many people. I mean, I mean a lot of people that write reviews, and like I do of, of, of metal music. I even wrote some articles, but I haven't really read anybody uh, before that, that wrote a whole book about, about rock, and especially about somebody who I tremendously admire. So thank you very much for, for agreeing to be on here. I, I, I'm humbled, and I'm grateful. Oh, you're welcome. I'm humbled. <laughs> it's it's definitely exciting. I think a lot of people will be excited to hear about this. A lot of people, it's amazing because when I did just a quick history uh, tour on the internet, it's amazing how much there is about Dio on the internet. His albums, the various interviews he did, audio and video, he did many of them. And, and of course, uh, interviews of other people talking about him. But when you come down to books, there's like you. And then there's some dude that did, I think that did some photographs of him in concert. But that, that's there's there's almost nothing out there. So now that your book important, you know it, it's in many ways historic because you, you you're there before everyone else has gotten there, and we all should be grateful for that. Yeah, you know you're right. There are no books about Ronnie. I mean, there's my book. Um, I know Martin Popoff wrote. Uh, it was kind of like a biography, but it wasn't a full length biography from birth to death. So really, there's only those two books out there about Dio. And like you said, there's a couple of photography books about Dio. But uh, that's the that's the whole reason I wrote the book was because after Ronnie passed away, I waited years and years and years for the book and nothing came out. And I thought, you know what? To heck with it. I'll do it myself. So I just started reaching out to former bandmates and friends of Ronnie's and I started recording everybody. And I put the book together, took about a year and a half and I put it out, and it's it's really been wonderful, and it was a great experience writing the book and interviewing all of the people. Well, I'm definitely excited to talk about it, and, and maybe also a little bit about the uh, other book you wrote after that, uh, a book on docking, which there's not a whole much on, on that either, so that's great. You're really uh, plowing into places that no one is going. I don't know why they're not going, there because these are important bands, and these are very interesting individuals, uh, but you got me. Sometimes... Uh, it's about uh, people wanting to invest the time. And maybe it's easier to invest listening to them than writing about them, I guess, for some folks. But I'm really glad that you're out there doing it. Now, listen, folks, just for full disclosure, because you know that I don't, I don't play games on this show. I'm always straight about things. It helps being Italian from New Jersey. We don't, we don't be playing any games. <laughs> James was not able to get the book to me, okay? Unfortunately, it, it's sort of a backorder situation. I would prefer to, to be able to to review it, but I didn't get a chance to do that. I'm going to simply do that later on when it does when it does arrive. I was able to read the entire foreword from Jeff Pilson. If any guys remember him, he's the, he used to be the bass player for Dokken. I don't know if you want to say he's still the bass player for Dokken. It's it's all kind of up in the air, but he's more known for that than, than any of the other work he's done. Although I know he did some work with uh, with Dio as well. What mm -hmm. a wonderful foreword! Because oftentimes with forewords. 
and I've actually written a few myself, they can be, and I'm not mocking anybody or anything, but sometimes they can be academic or even a bit dry, and, and you know that the guy or, or the girl is being sincere, but you're not really feeling the connection. You're just like, okay, let me get on to the damn book here. In this case, with, with Pilsen, I mean, it seemed to be not only very lively and, and sincere and heartfelt, but it was a fun thing to read. He just enjoyed writing it. He enjoyed Dio. He, he, he loved his participation in, in the band and just, I guess, being his friend. So it was very human, and I really loved it. It was a great, great way to start the book. Yeah, Jeff is a great guy, and he was my first pick to write the foreword after I interviewed him, and he agreed to help me with the Dio book because he played in Dio and, and he worked on a couple of the albums. And uh, I was really happy with the book forward. And Jeff is just a, if you ever have a chance to meet him or talk to him, he is a great interviewer, a great interviewee. And he's just a, just a authentically nice person. And uh, when I wrote the Dawkins book, which came after the deal book, he was again, more than willing to help me out with anything I needed and, and more than willing to give me his time and do interviews. That is just wonderful, but I am just not surprised. Even though I've never spoke to the man in my life, and hopefully one day I'll have a chance, I can just tell as a writer and an editor, I can tell from from a piece of work where you're coming from. What he wrote, you can't fake it. You just can't. It was just genuine, and it was really a perfect tone and perfect setting for what you were trying to do. So I couldn't be any more impressed. Yeah, and Jeff, Jeff loves Ronnie. I mean, he had a great relationship with Ronnie, worked with him for years, and he just genuinely loved Ronnie. He really did. Well, God knows I love him and appreciate everything he, he's he's ever did. But I did notice, and, and you maybe you can, because I'm, I'm I know a lot of people listening on the, to the show is going to say the same thing, because it's always in the back of our head. It always seemed to me, and I'm not putting down other guitarists, but it always seemed to me that when he was attached to the stellar guitarists, you know, the Blackmores and the Tony Iommi's and, and, and Vivian Campbell's, he seemed to be better as a songwriter, as a lyricist, and even in many instances as a singer than when he went with other guitarists like Craig Goldie and, 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 and the whole line that went after that. And again, I'm not making fun of those guys, but there, there seems to be a noticeable difference and it's just too difficult to ignore. Oh, I think you're right, and I think I think the chemistry he had with Vivian Campbell and Jimmy Bain and uh, Vinnie Appice and Claude Schnell, I think when when they had that combination together, uh, they were better. And Ronnie, Ronnie, not to, not that Ronnie was never good uh, at any point, but I think those musicians, the caliber of those musicians, elevated him to just a, a, a another level. It always seemed that way to me because it always seemed to be his best work tends to be with some of the best guitarists. Because I remember when Dream Evil came out, and I'm like, what in the heck is this? Uh, Sunset Superman? I mean, how could he even wrote a song like this? I mean, I, I was like, I want if we had email, I would have been emailing him. Uh, Dear Ronnie, are you kidding me? Come on now. I mean, I was just like, what happened? You know? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh what happened was probably the explosion of uh, hair metal, you know, so they probably were thinking uh, they're going to go in a, a little more of a commercial direction or a little more of a radio-friendly direction. But uh, he still made some good music even after the Vivian Campbell era. 
you know, he had other guitar players like Ron Robertson and, like you said, Craig Goldie. And he he made some good stuff. But, yeah, I, I think those first two albums, they were just stellar. They were they were untouchable. I, I love the third one, too, so I, I always put them all together. Oh, oh yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, that's, that's actually a yeah, very good album, too. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, I, for some reason, some people say it's more commercial than the other ones, but... To me, it's just that they were, they were evolving and, and, and becoming even more interesting. But the, sure. guitar, the guitar work from Vivian was just as strong on that one as the other ones. In fact, in some instances, I wonder if it was even even more inspired. Sure. I mean, he was he was really young when he joined Dio. You know, he's only like 20 years old. So like all the guitar players I've spoke to, particularly the young ones, you know, even though they're phenomenal at at an early age, they get better. They do, and I think Vivian got better, and just like uh, Rowan, Rowan was 17 when he joined Dio, mm. and he said uh, he said it was a shame that he never got to work with Dio 10 years later because he was a much better guitar player. Wow, you know that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense, and yeah. I never thought about it like that, but it certainly makes a, a whole lot of sense now, now. Now that I do think about it, and you want to want to go back and listen to some stuff to see uh, what the what the changes are, but I could definitely tell. Even sure. between the first and the third album, the the the, the work and the, and the quality and the, the inspiration of that of that guitarist, I mean, it's just just really a, a phenomenal guy. So, what what got you in, involved in? I mean, other than the fact of what the hell are the deal books at? I mean, what, what really got you in, involved in it? I mean, you, you're also a, a fellow metalhead and, and somebody that really loves metal in general, right? I am, and I, and I grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, and, and particularly with the whole uh, L.A. thing, because I was only an hour and a half from L.A. growing up in San Diego, so I was I was uh, influenced by a lot of that metal music and Dio, and I remember watching him on MTV when I was a kid and and uh, loving his videos. And uh, I, w- what happened was I had written a couple of biographies about former fighters, and I wanted to write a third book, and I didn't want to do it about boxing. So I said, you know, I'm going to do something about uh, rock and roll, which is my other passion, you oh, know, music. Cool. And it, it was a no-brainer. I had been waiting for a book for to come out about Ronnie. So like I told you before, I just went ahead and wrote it. And uh, it's just kind of steamrolled from there, you know, and I, I'm, I'm on a couple of other books now. Oh, wow. That's excellent there. I'm definitely excited. Well, I definitely love the foreword to that book, but since I didn't get a chance to read a lot of it, I, I got to just sort of glimpse at many of the people and what they had to say about it. I even talked to a few people that actually read it themselves. So they they very they they're very much appreciated, mainly because there isn't really anything to, to turn to out there. This is this is a, the, the way to go, really. And uh, but I, I didn't like some of the comments. Sometimes folks were like, "Well, gee, he only." Uh, Recapsulated from stuff that was been written already in articles. I'm like, what kind of things to say? That's what research does. That's what you're supposed to do. Not to mention, the book is not just for fans. It's really for for some of the new generation of people that can learn about him. They might not have been around to or, 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 go, or willing to go through every article out there possible to read about him, you know. But this book will put it all together for them. So it, to me, it makes sense just for that reason alone. Sure. And, and there is a lot of stuff that I got from uh, articles and online interviews, yeah, but there's an awful lot of stuff I got from, I interviewed 30, about 30 people. So I got a ton of information. I even interviewed Ronnie's childhood friends from high school and his early bands from Ronnie and the Red Caps, Ronnie and the Rumblers, 
So there's a lot of stuff in the book that did not come from online. I talked to Ronnie's cousin, Dave Feinstein. So the the book is has a plethora of information that you will not find online. But I've heard I've heard a few people say that. Well, you know, seventy five percent of the story is already known. Well, sure, if you're a huge Ronnie fan, you're going to already know his story. You're going to know a lot of it. Exactly. So to me, the, the criticism it, it yeah. just doesn't make any sense. It's almost it's almost brainless. Yeah, we sure. all we all got that already. In, in fact, if anything, a fan going to buy this book, is going to read this book going to already know that hey i know a lot of this stuff already and really what what they're looking for is the stuff that they didn't know the people that they didn't realize was in his life and the new things that you discovered that's going to be in there that's what they're there for they already know all the other stuff but guess what it doesn't matter because who doesn't want a recap of an incredible life and an incredible career to me that's exciting i'm surprised we don't have a A and e you know a whole biography on him just just on his life it would be great Oh, it would be. Uh, there's one coming from what I've heard. I mean, it really should be because he yeah he's documentary. So. Yeah, he's that he's really that important. Um, did you did you because I, I didn't get a chance to read the book yet, so I have to ask that question. Um, did you ever find out why he changed from the earlier type of music he was singing into into the metal? Because you know when he's singing the metal music, it's not like you know you're doo wopping on the corner. It's something far different. Sure. Yeah, and and he did start off as as basically uh, a trumpet and bass player, and more or less, you know, a doo wop type of singer. But I don't think it was a conscious choice to change. It was just that the music over the years was evolving. You know, it went from the '50s era music into the '60s psychedelic stuff, and then into the '70s. And Ronnie was just he was in there so long that he just evolved with each decade, you know, and as heavy metal evolved, he just happened to get into that with when he got into rainbow and, and when he was with Richie Blackmore and it's just, it's just that it evolved and he just evolved with it, you know? Wow. It's just something yeah. else. Yeah, it's just cause I, between, and, and I'm not making fun of doo-wop music. I got to have a certain voice for that. And that's still a, an authentic, sure. an authentic music. But God, sure. God knows there's a continent in between what, what Dio's doing and, and that kind of stuff. It's just simply you, you just can't switch it on. Let me go do that now. I'm going to go do a Dio song. I mean, right. I, I don't know if anyone's realized or not, but there's practically no covers of Dio music because it's that difficult. Sure. He was he was a unique singer and and, and a very respected singer. So a lot of people are probably not wanting to jump on the bandwagon and do covers because they don't want to be criticized, you know, for messing something up or not doing it as well as Ronnie did it. Yeah, there's not uh, there's not too many people that could that could I probably Jeff Tate is probably one of the few people I know that might be able to pull off one of one or two Dio songs. That'd be about it. I don't think anybody yeah, exactly. Else. This is exactly gotta, you gotta really be up there. You know, I wanted to mention getting back to the uh the part where uh there was new stuff in the book as opposed to stuff I took offline. I talked to Ronnie's, I even went as far as to talk to Ronnie's hairdresser. And he told me the name that Ronnie had for a calic of hair on his head. So if anybody wants to know what the name of Ronnie's hair was, they can read the book and find out. <laughs> yes, he definitely would want to do that because if you look at any photographs of him, he didn't have a whole lot to begin with. So yeah. I guess he, he probably shouldn't be a problem naming it because there's only a few there. Right. Yeah. He uh, 
It's an interesting story, and, and his, his hairdresser was the only guy to touch uh, touch Ronnie's hair for about 20 years, a guy by the name of Joey Belfiore, really nice guy. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that uh, uh, some of that information on the Internet, so that was great. And, and that's good, too, because, you know, uh, those those folks behind the scenes, sometimes they, they, they have good information. They kind of give you a glimpse into a person's character or, or behavior that you wouldn't get you know, for someone else, because you think about it. Sure. Um, when they when they say "let your hair down," it's not just a, a, an expression. It's a real it's a real metaphor into you know, now you're seeing or, or experiencing the real person versus somebody else. Although I continue to read from many places, including what what Jeff Pilsen had to say that he's a pretty genuine guy, no matter where he was at. But still, I I I, I found it was interesting when I was talking with him. He wanted to talk about baseball. And I'm like, I want to yeah. talk about Black Sabbath, and he's talking about baseball. I'm like, let me just not be rude. I'm going to listen to what he has to say about baseball. But he was talking yeah. baseball. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Yeah, Ronnie was a huge sports fan, humongous. I mean, he can tell you stats from players and from not just baseball, but boxers and uh, hockey players. He was a huge fan of sports. That is uh, great. Did you um, – did you ever hear anything back from like his estate or, or you know his family or anything about uh, about the book? I mean, were they happy? Were they not happy? Did they have any contact? Uh, I did try to reach out to Wendy Dio when I first wrote the book, just to try to get her to participate in maybe a couple interviews, but I never heard from her. I did speak to Ronnie's uh, son a couple of times, uh, and he was nice, but he wasn't really interested in helping with anything. But uh, uh, he was more than more than willing to just give me, you know, his blessing and say, "Have fun writing the book," you know. Gotcha. But that's really as far as that relationship went. Well, it can't always be a storybook uh, ending to these sort of things. You just have to plow through and, you know, Absolutely. get what get what you can get. So I can understand that. Now, um, and I, I think I was mentioning to you before we had the show that you know, as much as I love to talk about you and everything, it's really about you and the book and the things you're, you're, you're trying to create. So I'm more than happy to talk a little about what you're doing with, with the Dokken book uh, because um, that's, the, that's the most recent release for you. In many ways, I'm sort of catching up because I'm literally talking about a book that you released probably like two years ago. Yeah, the Dio book came out, what, two years ago? Yeah. To, to the month, actually, May, May 1st. And uh, I just wrote a book all about Dokken, and it came out. And uh, I had a couple of problems with the printer, so I had to re—I had to switch over to a different printer. So it'll be available on Amazon next week again. Uh, but I had a great time doing that book. I, I spent a lot of time with Don Dawkins and Jeff Pilson. Uh, George Lynch and Wild Mick Brown did not want to participate. They want to write their own book, which I respected. And uh, But I did spend a lot of time with Don and Jeff, and we had a great time doing multiple interviews and both of the guys were more than willing to help me out and, and answer questions and help me with the timeline. And I interviewed uh, Jack Russell from great white. Who's a really good friend of Don's and red beach and John Norum and record producers. Oh, cool. I mean, cool. yeah, I talked to Michael Wagner and then Tom Worman. So a lot of great guys, a lot of great information, really, really, really fun book to write and tons of stuff. Don told me that, not a lot of people know. Well, I'm definitely excited for that one as well. I'm a big fan of them. I, I saw them in Germany. Uh, at the time, it was called West Germany. And uh, they uh, they are the headliner, and, and Rat opened up for them. In the, uh, ah. 
So there, it was it was a great concert, and I, I really loved it. It wasn't one of those military ones, even though I was in the military. I had to drive out to the town for like an hour and a half from the base to get to get over there, you know, and buy my ticket and do my thing like anybody else. But it it was right. to, it was totally it was totally for a wonderful experience, and they were they were great live. Which is not to say that some bands are not, believe it or not. But um, uh, sure, Rat opened up for them, and Rat was horrible, and I literally. Was able to make communication to the manager because he was making some uh, some tours on bases as well. And I said, "Listen, man, this guy is drunk. He could barely get his lyrics right. And what the hell are you guys doing?" <laughs> well, you know that was the last uh, show of of our tour. I got what is there some rule about you have to be an idiot? And I got to waste my money and listen. I could have just went right to docking. I could have like right, right. I could have been in the bathroom for a half an hour and relaxing and something. I mean, what the hell? I yeah, didn't that doesn't give you an excuse to to, to be terrible. It was horrible. He couldn't remember show. anything. Yeah. It was falling down. It was just ridiculously bad. They actually wound up sending me an entire like case full of stuff, like uh, oh, wow. you know, bandanas and shirts and 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 and, and, and posters and, and CDs and all kinds of crap. A whole box of it. I wound up getting an auction for the for the Air Force charity, and we we kind of had fun with that. But and, and it was Stephen Percy himself who wrote a note in there who, who pretty much told me. He was sorry, and uh, yeah, they'll do better next time. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh, that was nice of them. Yeah, there was a, a, a little class about the whole thing. I mean, I wasn't like totally like raging and everything, but when I got this guy on the phone, when they when they helped me connect to him, I'm like, what the hell are you guys thinking? You know, I understand that, that people party. I understand you're gonna drink, but you can't do that crap 35 minutes after you're done. I mean, go crazy then. I go, I'm What's over that? here. I'm over here a million miles away from home. You know, ready to see these guys. Might be the only time I get to see them in who knows how many years. Because remember, I'm living in Europe, so even though there's a lot of music, you don't always see a lot of American stuff. You wouldn't believe how much stuff I saw from Europe, you know. And, um, and you're paying money to see them. You're yeah, paying money to yeah. have them put on a good show. Yeah. Not come out uh, drunk. Yeah. Oh, and I don't care if you're drunk. Just actually remember the damn lyrics. <laughs> and and don't, stumble, right. don't stumble around like a bum in the, in the park. Yeah, I agree. I was horrible. It was horrible. It was one of the one of the worst <laughs> one of the worst concert experiences I ever had. I'm telling you. But Dawkins was good, huh? Oh yeah, they were they were fabulous and they were they were professional. Yeah. Uh, Don actually uh, uh, had a little comment for the military veterans in, in Germany because there was a lot of us there, and he, he said something. Of course, Rat couldn't say anything like that because they were too busy being drunk. But um, Dawkins right. Doc had some class and they did a great job and. Uh, just I just loved it. I wish I wished, although that uh, that Mr. Scary hit came out because it would be great to hear that in concert. But that wasn't for this particular because uh, when I saw them, it was on the Lock and Key album, you know. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah great was, album. Yeah, that, that's really the, that was the tour that I, that I saw them in, and, and it was just it was just a great job. And uh, and and Don sound really good, but it was one of the smaller concert venues. So the sound was was really great. Even Rat, when he made a lot of mistakes, it still sounded good. So you know some of those concert places are really good. Like Hammersmith is good that way. You could record a live concert and barely do any production work and, and just release the damn thing. It's just it's got that damn acoustics that not every place has. So that yeah. that place had it. You know, so it was great. But where, Everybody likes playing there. Yeah, it was just just wonderful. Yeah, it's just it's got that sound and not not a, a lot of places have that, but. This place it was called uh, Lugasoff in in, uh, in Germany and it was a, a regular concert place that had all kinds of different acts and everything and you know so I guess it's the one that a lot of people went to uh, especially when they were coming in from uh, from England or, or from America. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, I've seen them a bunch of times and uh, 
I, I when I was writing the book, I was uh, talking to Jeff and Donna. They were telling me about playing in Japan, which was just an incredible experience for those guys because they had never been out of the country before back in back in the early 80s and they went over to japan and you know they were like the beatles over there i can believe it swamped with people and and uh there's stories in the book about don would wake up in the morning and look out the curtains and there would be groups of japanese people camped out in front of his hotel room with candles and they were having like <laughs> midnight midnight vigils and he said he didn't know what to think because he had never experienced anything like that in his life you know and he said it was just unbelievable they would have to they would have to run to catch the train because the japanese people would be chasing them and they'd be throwing gifts over the fences at them <laughs> and don's like running and grabbing grabbing boxes as they were falling trying to grab these gifts and he doesn't even know what they are yeah it was just Unbelievable, but great stories. Wow, that's great. I'm sorry that that Mick and, and, and Jeff didn't participate. It makes no sense other than personal animosity because you think from a business standpoint, it doesn't matter if you're doing your own book. Why not get a little blurb in there? Why not participate? It's a good way to sort of promote what you're doing down the line. But well, sometimes exactly, exactly. people don't think that way when they get mad. They just they just get angry, and I think that's really more that personal Sometimes these bands, it's like Queensryche. I, I remember how they were together for so long, and then they wind up breaking up that way in such a horrible fashion. So I always hate when that happened. That's why I was glad when Rush retired. They actually retired with with, with some, you know, with some real real class and and, and, and real sure. real honor to them. We don't get to see a lot of people do that. No, usually they break up and then they air their dirty laundry out online and or you know in in the press and everybody's pissed. I mean, I know the guys in Dawkin from what I understand and from what I've learned, you know, they all get along now, but, uh, you know, they they had massive amounts of problems back in the day, but yeah, I wish, I wish, uh, George and Mick would have been, uh, open to at least, well, at least just giving me a couple of stories, you know, they don't have to give me all their secrets because yeah. I understand if, if they want to write their own book, that's fine. You don't have to give me all your secrets, but just an interview or two, you know, and George, to be fair, George did give me two interviews and he was very nice he even played the guitar on the phone for me and stuff. Uh, he's a very nice guy, but then he just got back to me and said, you know, I've decided to do my own thing, so I don't want to participate. And I said, okay, that's fine. But, uh, yeah. But I, I went ahead with the book, and it came out great. That is great. Definitely can't wait to to read <laughs> and, and experience that from another band that I, I really like. I always thought that Don Dawkin was never given enough credit as a vocalist, don't get me wrong. I love George Lynch, and, and to put him up there in the pantheon of great guitarists, yeah. I don't have any problem with that because I think that's an accurate thing. But sometimes yeah. he overshadowed Don because Don was actually, to me, Don reminds me a lot of, of Vince Neil in the sense that uh, they did things so well, it, it seemed easy, and they didn't get enough credit because people forget how great Vince Neil as a vocalist were because they're too busy because he's crashing cars and getting drunk. But sure, he was also sure. a great vocalist. Sure. Yeah, they're looking at the train wreck, but they're not really paying it. Yeah, I, I get, I get that absolutely. You know, and well, if you want to go that far, how about Mick Mars? I never see that guy get any credit as a guitar player. Yeah, he probably never will either because he he never gave an interview. He just always stood in the background, yeah. smoked a cigarette. I'm gonna go yeah. now. I'm gonna go have a hamburger bye. So I mean, yeah. that's what happens, unfortunately, for the good of yeah, the day. And, and, you just never, you never hear anything, you know, that he's never in any top 10 list or top 10, not even in a top 100 list. 
you know, and the guy wrote some memorable stuff. He you did, know? and I think I think what happens, especially Motley Crue in, in general, is that you take it you take it for granted. We forget that Tommy Lee is probably like one of the top five drummers, you know, of all time. We, yeah. we, we we forget that you know Nikki Six wrote most of the damn music, even though he's a kind of a strange fellow. He wrote a lot of that stuff and a very creative guy. Uh, you you, you got Vince Neil, who's really a gifted vocalist, <laughs> even if he has some personal problems. And, and Mick Mars, he he might not get much credit for anything, but the guy had some solid riffs, some solid rhythms over there. He was reliable, and he he did the he did the job. Many of those songs, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. Absolutely, you know, and and as a unit, those guys had great chemistry too, you know. In fact, I've been I've been trying to get a an interview with Mick Mars for a book I'm working on, all about the '80s guitar players, you know. And I want to put 20 guys in the book and get an interview from each guy, and each guy has a chapter. But I'll be damned if I can get a, an interview with that guy. Oh man! And I've I've tried every avenue I know of, and I just can't get him on the phone. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know. And I've talked to some really great guitar players. Yeah, he's definitely he definitely uh, belongs on on a list. Where yeah. where on that list? I don't know. That's going to be up to lots of people's opinions. I mean, I res- sure. I respect him, but you know, in my own top, let's say top ten, he he's not on that because I'm, I like more more metal guitarists than 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 you know, some of the stuff he was doing. It was great, but but I still I, I still admire him a, a great deal, and. Um, he might never get any kind of real credit in the end because I think it's just uh, just the way he, he he's very very seclusive and maybe that's just what he likes to be. Yeah, very private guy from what I've from what I've learned. You know, I've talked to a few people who know him and asked him if I can get interview with him, and they said, well, he's kind of an elusive guy. He's kind of hard to hard to get interview with that guy. So. You know, yeah, it, might it is what it is. Yeah, it might just be that. You know? Can you can you give us? I mean, you don't have to tell us all, but can you give us a couple of glimpses of some of the folks that you included in the book? Uh, let me see. I've talked to Rowan Robertson, who played with uh, Dio. He was the first guy I talked to because I I chat with him every once in a while. Uh, Jeff Duncan from Armored Saint. Oh yeah, I love those guys uh, a lot too. Yeah, uh, I interviewed Oz Fox from Striper. Yeah, yeah, someday. love love those guys and. Uh, Greg Leon, who plays, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was a very important guitar player back in the late 70s and 80s, and uh, he had a band called the Greg Leon Invasion. Great guitar player. Yeah. Really great I'm guy. Not, I'm definitely not familiar uh, with that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, super great guy. A couple of the guys are not huge names. There's another guy by the name of Joey Tafola, who uh, played in a band called uh, Jag Panzer. Another guitar virtuoso uh-huh. that isn't isn't a huge name, but then I got I got a few bigger names. Uh, Red Beach, he's going to be in the book, cool. and he was a guitar player for Winger and for Dawkins. Yeah. Uh, who else do I have? I have a few. Oh, uh, Vinny, I'm working on an interview with Vinny Moore. Oh yeah, always always liked him. Always liked. Yeah, him. I, I got I got to put him in there, and I've I've got about four other guys that uh, that I, that look promising for interviews. Uh, Frank Hannon from Tesla. Oh, okay, yeah. He's another Love one those I'm, guys. I'm working on. See if we yeah, so. get Marty Friedman. I always liked him a lot. Well, yeah, Marty Friedman is a friend with Joey Tofola, the guy that I interviewed. Oh, so cool. he said he could probably hook me up with uh, – oh, he mentioned a few guys. Marty Friedman was one of them, he said, because he's in touch with him. And, uh, oh, what's that guy from Racer X? I yeah, Racer X. Is, is a, uh, when you say that, you know you're an old person because the young people, what the hell is Racer yeah. X? Oh yeah, right. They don't know any of that. Yeah, no. They don't know any of that. But I've got. I'm working on about six well, or seven. I, oh, it? Doug. 
Uh, Doug Aldridge. That's another one that I'm working I don't on. I if that was Paul Gilbert. Maybe that was. Oh, Paul Gilbert. Yeah, yeah that's Paul him. Gilbert. Paul yeah, Gilbert. Paul Gilbert. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, so, so most of those guys will probably be in the book, uh, along with the other ones. Um, I'm also trying to get Lita Ford in there. Oh, I'd like to interview no, her, her and put her in there. You know, she was a pretty shredding guitar player yeah, back she, in the day. She really was very good. I'm, I'm impressed with her. Yeah. So that's uh that's my that's the project i'm working on now is the rock and roll book and i'm I'm taking everybody's interviews and writing them all down and uh there some of the guys are involved a little more involved you know they they want to help with getting some pictures and stuff and making sure they've got some cool pictures in there and, oh, right. so yeah it's, it's it's a lot of fun you know i enjoy doing it and uh i've got a, i've got another book i'll probably start working on after that but i'm going to keep that one under wraps because i don't have a, a only one of the band members is willing right now to do anything with it, so I want to get a few of the other guys involved before I start yapping my my gums. I gotcha. No, it makes. Sense. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get makes sense. Angry. <laughs> no, it makes sense, and and that's that's really the that's really the uh, the, the gist of all of this is because we're not talking just about art and just about music. We're also talking about personalities, which sometimes can oh. can explode or, or go in in a different direction. That's that sometimes that's the downside or maybe the dark side of, you know, of the whole rock and roll uh, you know genre is that um, you got people that uh, you know they have different recollections. They might have had different. I mean, if you ever hear Glenn Hughes, you know, he had a yep. he had a period I think of uh, like seven, seven or eight years where he didn't even remember what he was singing because he was so drugged out. And then he got yep. him, then he got himself back together, and I love that guy. He's a great, 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 oh, great vocalist, and I just just love him. But you got a lot of folks that are, that are like that that they they uh you know they're missing parts of time, or or in many instances, uh, a perfect example would be Ace Frehley, where his conduct pissed off so many people that when he got back to you know being a stable fellow again and doing some great music, sure. you got people sure. that still they still hold that grudge, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah, so sometimes oh, you can't fix the past as much as you'd like to, and you got to deal with all that when you're trying to interview people or trying to put things together. Oh, I hate this guy. No, I love that guy. It's like, oh lord. <laughs> sure. Oh, I've heard lots of stories. And a lot of time when I, a lot of times when I interview these guys, you know, there's certain things they don't want to talk about, which is I always respect. You know, I just tell them talk about whatever you're comfortable with. You know, and and a lot of times with the books too is. Some of these guys think, well, how much money are you going to make off this book, you know? And I just, you know, nobody's making a bunch of money writing a book about Doc. And let's face it, I'm I'm not going to get rich, you know. I'm I'm not Stephen King, so I'm not going to make a, you know, a million dollars writing about Docking. <laughs> yeah, I, I you hear know? you, and hopefully they under yeah. they understand that. But sometimes folks, oh, they do. Yeah. Sometimes folks don't, you know. They just yeah. think that, you know. But I, I would I would say the truth to them. Um, Unless you've got like six other interviews set up with the other five people who are going to write books about your band, how about we just get on with doing this? Because <laughs> exactly. that's the truth. I mean, you're not trying to be rude. It's just the truth. I mean, so those kind of comments to me, they wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. You've got to be happy that people still want to talk about you and write about you and, 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 and actually glorify the stuff you've done, which in many instances is things from the past. Because as much as uh, I, I like Doc and I, I don't know how great they'd be alive right now in in the year 2020 uh, compared to when I saw them in 1986. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. I don't know, I, and I don't know if I want to find out. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, 
a lot of these guys are starting to get older, you know. Yeah. Guys are getting in their, their mid to late 60s, some of them even into their 70s, you know. And they're still out there playing, and, you know, they do the best they can. But, you know, some of them, to be honest, so, there's some of them out there that probably don't need to be out there anymore, yeah. you know. And and it pains me to say that because I grew up with all these guys, you know. And, and I idolized some of these guys, and I saw them all on MTV, and I went to their concerts and – yeah, I'm with you. A, a lot of times, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not even going to go to the concert. You know? Yeah, because I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel the connection for what I've heard yeah. in the past. And, and quite frankly, uh, between the enormous expense and all the stuff you got to do this, and then you get yeah. to an experience that's less than stellar, I'm like, what am I doing yeah. over here? Plus, I'm not, I'm not a single guy, you know, partying and having a good time. You know, I'm, a, I'm a married right, man. I'm exactly. old. I'm an older guy now, so. You know, I can't justify that to my family. Yeah, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on guys that that sound like 25 percent of what they used to 30 years ago. It, exactly. The math doesn't make any sense <laughs> any way you cut it. You know. No, and you know, I appreciate the fact that that all of these bands are out there trying to do their thing. You know, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from them. Yeah. I I love all these old bands and stuff. I really do. You know. And I and I and I agree, but I know that that things do change, and sometimes it's hard for the fans or the audience to change with them. I mean, it's sure. it's an open secret that the reason why Robert Plant doesn't want to reunite with Led Zeppelin is not because he hates Jimmy Page; it's because he can't sing that way anymore. He's too damn old, no. and he understands that. That's why he's, yeah. that's why he's singing bluegrass crap for the last fifteen years because that fits his range at the moment. That's what he right. can do artistically. I mean, and, and, I mean, a, a good example of that. I mean, look right now what's going on with uh, with Brian Johnson, ACDC. You know, I mean, sure. his hearing and everything, and who knows if he's trying to get back to them, but if that's going to go back to hurting his health again, and maybe it's not really for him anymore. These things are going to happen, and and those are changes that many people are not ready for, or sometimes even the the, the musicians themselves don't don't seem to understand. But you know. I think they've been doing like 30-something years of screaming. I mean, you're going to get deaf. <laughs> yeah, and your vocal cords are going to be ruined after 30 years yeah. of screaming. It's part of why, you're doing it's, something it's part of why Queen's you know, Wake blew up, because Jeff Tate can't right. – not only cannot he sing that high anymore, he wasn't even interested in doing it. He wanted to do something different while he still had a voice. I'm not defending, right. I'm not defending all his actions and all the stuff he did because I'm not really happy. But at the same point, I understand artistically what the guy was talking about, and – you know, sure. he, I wish sure. he, I wish he was able to have a more uh, frank conversation. But yeah, um, I wish he had that kind of conversation with him. But that's one of the problems with with I, I think um, the celebrity that gets involved with all this sort of thing is is people forget, you know, to be the honest, candid people they used to be when they first started out, and you know, the pride and all the other stuff gets in the way. But uh, he might have been he might have just told them that straight out. Listen, sure. I can't really do this anymore. I'm not even sure I'm interested in doing it anymore. If we can't go in another direction, I need to move on. I mean, that, that's all he had to do. It wasn't like it was that complicated of a, of a conversation. But, you know, some folks, say they make it uh, more dramatic than it needs to be. And then, and, and, you know, and, then, and then the fans and the band in the end suffers. I mean, I'm glad that um, they were able to rebound. And Queensryche sounds wonderful with the new singer. And I've listened to yeah. a couple of albums. And, in fact, that guy sounds pretty close to Jeff Tate, amazingly enough. Yeah, I like him. I was listening yeah. to their... Uh... Uh, oh man, I can't think of the name. Just uh, like two days ago, I had yeah. it on at work. Yeah, I was listening to the verdict, and I was like, oh, "This guy's really good." Yeah. That's it, the verdict. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. the one I was listening yeah, to. It was really good. And I like it. Yeah. yeah. So it was it's good. I mean, I wish Chris Dugama was there. We don't know why he left, and we, we, I don't even think he's back in music anymore. I think he's just gone. <laughs> you 
you know. Yeah, didn't one of them become an airline pilot? I'm not sure which one. Yeah, that one was. of them became an airline pilot. Yeah, that was the last I heard of that. Well, my, one of my favorite groups, Fifth Angel, the dude, the dude decided to drop out of music and become an orthodontist. Oh wow! Yeah, he's a damn dentist. Yeah, <laughs> Ted, Ted Pilot for Fifth Angel. They put out one tremendous album, probably one of the greatest metal albums ever put out. I mean, it's like my top five. It's that good. And then, of course, the second album got ruined by all this commercial nonsense from their label. It's just the one of the right. worst things you ever heard in your life. And then he was he was gone after that. Fifth but, Angel. Huh? Yeah. Oh my God, they're so incredible. I'm they they, they did it. They did an album that. It, it appears to be a concept album, but it's not formally a concept album. But basically, it's about like the end of the world and angels coming down and demons and right. all sort of weird stuff, but not occultic, but in, almost like in a, a Bible kind of way, you know, like 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 light, like striper light or something. But sure. the, the guitar work on it is so amazing, and the guy has one hell of a voice. I'm telling you, if he he could have been years of a metal vocalist, just had to go a different band because they kind of messed it up by making them go commercial but they're just just incredible I, I wrote an entire review about them and they're like on my top list of everything they're just just that damn good oh i'm writing them down i'll yeah. be listening to them yeah fifth angel you'd be shocked on how good i mean you, you you're like well, i never heard of these guys before i can't believe it after the third song you go like i can't believe how good this stuff is it's just, <laughs> it's just that damn good i'm serious right you know? I'll be checking them out. Yeah, it's just, I love discovering new music. You know, yeah, they're they're, they're pretty awesome. I really, always always love those guys. Well, I'm certainly happy that you're able to do all this and 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 continue to do all this because uh, we need folks out there to uh, to be our, our documentary uh, folks and and our historians, so to speak, and, and certainly sure. our, our 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 memoirist on 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 this. Uh, this rock genre, especially in the metal, which I feel has more art than some of the the pop songs you hear, even to this day, because those songs don't don't really carry all the various subjects and messages that metal can. I mean, you can hear sure. stuff about the Roman days, about Edgar Allan Poe, about sure. about the devil, about God, about Jesus. I mean, a hundred different things can be contained in this metal music. Where if you listen to a uh, hundred pop songs, it's the same thing. You broke my heart. I love you, girl. <laughs> Dude, why are you running away with my money? I mean, that's about it. There's right. only a few things they're talking about, and they just keep saying it over and over again in a different way. You know, yeah, so yeah. people forget at, how, how artistic and how intellectual metal can be. Well, look at just look at Ronnie Dio, for example. Look at all the things he sung about, and and uh, how artistic he was, and how the, the guy was incredibly intelligent. You know. I talk to Claude Schnell all the time, uh, the keyboard player for Dio, and he 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 tells me all the time how smart Ronnie was. And, and I'm not I'm not of, I'm not surprised. Uh, one know. of the things I hear from people that can be very prejudiced and, and sometimes prejudiced in a religious fashion is, "Oh, I think he was into the devil." I'm like, you, you never <laughs> read you you obviously haven't read any of his lyrics because if you read any of his lyrics, you'll you'll hear somebody that was actually very much warning people of the occult stuff and, and telling them to stay yeah. away from it. He was very clear in that. So it's not like, you know, and, and I, it's something that's, I don't know if you mentioned in the book or not, but people forget too that yeah, he, he kept his ears and his eyes open on things and he kept friends with people that you would never suspect. Like he was great friends with Kerry Levgren from Kansas who was actually an outright Christian and he did two right. Christian songs for him on his album and they were just fantastic. He did. Yeah, to, to label Ronnie 
of, you know, a, a Satanist or anything like that just shows a person's ignorance that they don't know anything. They don't know anything. He song he, he did a song about Jesus, and it was it was actually beautiful, and, and he I was mean, in, the, in the in the D.O. sound about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, come on, don't don't mess yeah. around like that. So yeah, people yeah. can be silly that way. Now I'm not, and I always tell people, especially on the show, I'm not a denier about anything. There are actually people out there in rock and roll that are into that. I met King Diamond when I was over in 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 Denmark, and he straight said out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm devil worshiper. I'm going to change over to the horror thing I'm doing right now because it's better selling. But that's who I am. I'm like, all right, guys, right. I hear you. I'm not going to go telling you to do something differently. But there are sure. people out there that are really into that. But that's a, a very tiny segment of what rock and roll is about. Oh, sure. Yeah, that'd be a, a very small percentage, you know, minuscule. Everybody I've ever talked to, and I've interviewed a lot of people, they've all been nice and genuine and friendly and kind and most of them are are surprisingly intelligent and well spoken you know it's it's just been nothing but a very good experience for me with all of the the quote unquote rock stars i've interviewed well that's definitely great to hear i remember an interview yeah. he did which is on youtube now uh deal where they asked him directly and he talked more extensively about about the dark lyrics and 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 some of the meanings and everything and he mentioned really really I thought he was about as precise as you can be about it. He's like, listen, I find this stuff interesting because I can get a lot of mileage out of it with my voice and the kind of the kind of way I write. So he goes, it's just more interesting. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm endorsing any of this kind of stuff. And in many sure. instances, I'm, I'm sort of against it. You know, because at the time they were talking to him about that Norwegian death uh, devil band that actually was burning down churches and killing people. Yeah, I saw that interview. Yeah, yeah, he was like, oh, "That's that's not what we're talking about here. That's that's ridiculous. That's criminal." <laughs> yeah, he he didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, and you know, yeah. one one surprising thing I discovered about Ronnie when I wrote the book was his work with charity, charities, various charities. He was a very caring human being. He cared about people and he cared about animals, and he spent a lot of time working with a charity called Children of the Night, which is involved with getting people, getting kids, young kids and teenagers off the streets and out of prostitution and out of uh, sex trafficking. And I talked with uh, Dr. Lois Lee, the founder of this charity, and her quote was, Ronnie was very generous with his time and his money with this charity. So to label any, to label Ronnie anything but a good human being, uh, you just can't call him anything but a good human being, really. Yeah, you have to be completely a, like a bigoted idiot, you know. Yeah. Really, you know, because if you if you wouldn't you, even know the guy if you heard the and listened to the lyrics of rock and roll children, it's obvious what yeah. he's talking about. He's talking about that right. type of work and those kind of kids in that predicament. Right. And he wasn't a chest pounder, you know. Ronnie did all this stuff and never expected any recognition for it. You know, he wasn't out there saying, oh, I've donated this amount of money and I've donated this amount of time. He just did it behind the shadows to do his part to help because he felt that everybody should do a little something to help. You know, yeah, that's just the kind of person he was. I definitely he did more than a little something because I remember hearing aid and, and what he organized yep. all by himself. He had a hell of a, a array of, of vocalists and guitarists out there. Yep. I mean, that video and that song alone, it's just a, like a metal masterpiece. And I know that I think they did like eighty million dollars or something like that towards uh, the whole African relief thing. So I mean it, it was it was huge and it was great to see 
uh, because I know when they did We Are The World, they didn't seem to remember anybody in rock and roll. They just put everybody out there that was singing pop music. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Right. <laughs> like, we don't care. Yeah, I, Come on. <laughs> I cover uh, I cover the whole hearing aid thing in the book. Oh, you know, I talked to I talked to a couple of the guys that were involved in that, and uh, Claude Schnell being one of them. He was there. He did all the keyboard parts for all the music and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was an interesting thing. Yeah, I, 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 definitely another thing to to say about you know here's my here's my guy who's not only a great singer, but in many ways he he really is a great human being. And, and you know, oftentimes in in the arts, whether it's writing or, or music. It's hard to be great in the arts and also be a great human being because many times the personal gets sacrificed for the art, and, and that usually makes sure. people, you know, less than perfect, uh, uh, you know, to put it nicely. And uh, in many instances, I don't know if Ronnie James Dio was perfect, but God knows he, he's pretty close to that in, in many instances because you just don't have people talking bad about the guy. They always say something wonderful about him, about how he was generous, about how he was decent. I mean, Jeff Pilson said he's about as humble as you can possibly get, and he was a super rock star, you know. Oh, he was, yeah, and, and you know, just one of the one of the greatest vocalists of all time. You know, the guy's talent was off the charts. In, in fact, I was talking to Claude Schnell about that the other night because I had gotten a question from a guy who was asking me why is Ronnie such a good singer? What made him such a good singer? So I decided to consult Claude on that, and Claude said first and foremost. It was his raw, just his raw talent. The talent he had was a 10 in all categories, you know, and, and he was just very identifiable as a vocalist. And when he sang, he sang with conviction. He made you feel yeah. like you were on a magical oh, journey God. with you, him somewhere. You hear Stargazer, you know? it's almost like he believes yeah. every damn word he's singing because that's that's, exactly that, right. that moves you like you wouldn't believe. And metal music is not supposed to move us. We're all supposed to be just, you know, yeah. a bunch of morons. But no. Yeah, that's, it, what, it's that's a beautiful, what Claude said. It's, yeah, it's beautiful music, and he moves you. Yeah, yeah. And Claude said it, it was like Ronnie was there. He was singing about something he actually experienced, you know? Yeah, and then that song so. took place like thousands of years ago. <laughs> right. You know? in, right. In, in the desert someplace, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the guy was just, the guy was fantastic, you know, just fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm, Not many I'm, like him. I'm more than excited yeah. to, to have you on the show here, James, and I'm hoping that, you know, as we go down the line that you, you would want to come back now and then and, you know, talk a little bit about some of the new things you're doing and, you oh, know, sure. Or even some of the old things you were doing uh, and, and come up with new things to talk about. So, But I, I definitely welcome you back. I, I couldn't be any, any more excited and, and honored and, and, and of course, uh, intellectually curious about all the stuff you're doing because – as both a writer and then somebody who's uh, you know enthusiast about about uh, metal music and then and of course having this show, I mean you couldn't be a, a, anybody more perfect for this sort of thing. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I really appreciate you having me on. And when I get the uh, when I get the 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 eighties guitar book done, we'll have to talk about that because I've got some great stories from some really cool guys, and each guy has got a chapter to tell his story. And some of them have some pretty good stories how they how they started playing guitar and being on the road and. And, uh, you know, Joey Tafola spent a week with uh, David Hasselhoff over in Germany. You, so you know a, how big of... he was. I'm telling you, I <laughs> was, was in huge. Germany. He was bigger he was than Michael Jackson. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm looking at the charts you. in Germany like David Hasselhoff and Michael, Michael Jackson was like number six. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was just that big. I'm telling you. He was I, I got all of it in my book. Joey Tafola hanging out with David Hasselhoff. 
and partying and drinking and, and uh so it's all going to be in that book so that'll be a good one to talk about too and you know 20 20 different guys with 20 different stories yeah, so it'll that's be a pretty, fun that's pretty I'm, damn unique too and, 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 and definitely interesting and yeah. it's going to be any more perfect for this show so god bless you yeah. and, and thank you for doing all of this and, and, and definitely uh, joining us on here and sharing this with everybody I think people are going to be really excited with the show and, and hopefully want to hear more from you and of course don't forget folks uh, Ronnie James Dio okay a biography that he wrote James Curl is available on Amazon okay I, I know that there's a bit of a um, a backlog on it being produced, but he said by next week it'll be back to be uh, sold again. And I yeah, bought, they I, ran out on Amazon. Yeah, and I bought books on Amazon before, and even during Corona, it still gets you a house in less than a week, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So keep your and, eye on uh, that and, and and check that out. I'm going to include on the on my Metal um, Future website. I'll include the link and everything on that, so you'll be able to easily go there. You know, keep checking until it's available, and then go buy it. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to have that on there. Okay, James. Yeah, that and uh, the uh, the Dawkins book will be available next week too. I had to, like I said, I had to switch printers, and uh, so it'll be available next week. Yeah, you can, give me, you can give me that there. link. You can give me that link, and I'll put that on. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the link there, and uh, yep. I'll make sure you. Did, now, did you order one of the Dawkins deal books, or did I send you one? Because I've sent so many out, a couple out recently, and uh, I can't remember who I sent one to. Well. I was hoping that you were going to send one, and I, I think you agreed in principle, but you were out at oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I did. So, yeah, so I, I, it's probably still forthcoming. Oh, that's right, because I'm waiting on a shipment right now. You yeah. just reminded me. Yeah, I've yeah. got 10 coming to my house right now, and I've got about five of them already gone. So that's right, because I was supposed to sign it for you and send it to you. Yeah, because I, I wanted to not just put a blurb in Amazon. I also wanted to actually yeah. write a formal review and then put it on the site, because it's good material, you know, on a rock-wise for the, for the website. And, of course, it helps you sell the books as well. So I like to do the same thing with, with Doc. And it is nothing easier to me is to write something that you really like. It's just that easy. Yeah, you know? and I'll, I'll make sure you get a, a copy of Doc too because I have a, a shipment of those coming too. Yeah, I can't, I can't so wait. So that will be uh, awesome. I'll, I'll just send both of them out to you. And, yeah. uh, you know, and hopefully you enjoy them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally ready for something new and, and different. And, and, folks, I think you'll be ready as well too because – if you're if you're like me and James, where not only do you love this, but you come from this generation, we're not just new people that suddenly noticed this. We come from when these people started. You know, it, it's great that that in, in our age and in this day, uh, metal can still stay alive and it can still be vibrant and, and important. And yeah, there's going to be plenty of instances where some of these folks, between their health and, and, and everything else, maybe they shouldn't be on the stage anymore. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be listening to their music still or, or, or celebrating sure, some of the things sure. they've done or even talking about some of their lives because you can still do that. You don't have to be on the stage for that. And and hopefully we'll see more of that to come. I actually did a show on, on, on bands that were going to retire or did retire or, or came back from retirement. It was hilarious because it, it was literally as I'm doing the show, people literally, no, I'm not going to retire anymore. It was just crazy. Now, now, <laughs> now the Scorpions are coming back. I mean, the, the, Klaus Mine's like 98. I mean, come on. Yeah, they were supposed to retire yeah. 10 years yeah, ago. They had a two-year world tour, and then suddenly, <laughs> oh, no, we're doing another album. I'm like, oh, yep. my God. Yep. So I don't, know, I don't know if there's any way to ever retire. I mean, Rush retired, and I know that's for real. They're not ever coming back, you know. Right. God, God uh, rest his soul. Uh, you know Neil Peart, yeah. you know passing away. Yeah, no, there's there's no rush without Neil Peart. Yeah, and they know that. I think if they ever come back to do projects, it's probably going to be something different, and it's not going to be Rush or yeah, solo stuff. Yeah, yeah. maybe a, a get maybe a guest drummer. You know, do a couple of Rush songs or something. 
but it, it would have to be somebody that would be, you know, the right fit to do a couple of Rush songs or something, you know, somebody appropriate. Yeah, probably the only one I could think of was Mike Portnoy. He's the only one I could think of that could probably fill in that. Yeah, I can pull it off. Yeah, he's, he's probably <laughs> the only one, you know. I, I really think so. Although probably Stuart Copeland from, from the old police can do it too. But Oh, yeah, he's, he's yeah, really good. He's really good too because you have to be somebody special because he's more than a drummer. He's a percussionist and real a real master of all that. Well, James, yeah, I, uh, I want to keep you too much longer, and I, I thank you very much for your for your time for all of this. And certainly we want to stay in contact, and I definitely want to interview more folks in, in, in the music world. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they had some of your um, some of your uh, your inklings and some of your ideas as well on, on some of the things we've talked about. Because I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of common threads to all of this, and it's just great sure. to it's just great to explore them. And hopefully you'll you'll be willing to come back again in in the near future. Oh, absolutely! Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real privilege and a, and a real honor. And for many of us, including myself to a certain extent, it's education. So don't listen to silly folks when they're like, oh, all this recapping stuff and blah, 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 please, huh? Let me tell you something. You had no problem buying that Motley Crue cassette. And then you had no problem buying the Motley Crue CD. And then you had no problem doing the Motley Crue download. Every one of those things will recap you. You put money out there for us. So what are you beating up James for? You, you did it like two or three times in your life already. Let's all be honest, okay? <laughs> Please. Right. <laughs> Let's be happy with him. Celebrate what he's doing because we, we need that kind of book out there. And quite frankly, if you want to share that with your next generation or even your children, well, there you go. you got something you could do. Not to mention it would make a great birthday or, or Christmas gift too. Oh, Absolutely. All right, James, until next time, God bless, and thank you very much for joining us here on Metal Future. Hey, thank you. Got it. You have a good evening. Okay, bye-bye. Stay safe. Thanks for your support. Check out our website, www.metal-future.com, for rock reviews, videos, and downloads.